Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are talking about the OC. Because it's the off season. <laughs> and we're careening into the end of uh, season three. As you probably could tell from the title of this episode, which I put the <laughs> the episode in, the episode that we were viewing in every one. So hopefully not popping in right now just being like, oh, what's this about? We're going to talk about stuff that you don't understand. You won't know who any of these people are. <laughs> I mean, because unless if you watch the OC and you're like, you know where I want to start? Four episodes before the end of season three. Near the end. Change is coming. You can feel it. You can feel it in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're definitely... Going towards something, I guess. Something. Something. Well, what is this something? Taylor, Townsend, and Summer are best friends now. <laughs> I mean, they've been best friends for a while, but now... Uh, now, now Summer accepts now it. Now Summer has accepted it, uh, which I mean, is always great to see. Man, so Taylor Townsend is a main character in the fourth season. Like, she I, is... I'm not surprised by that at all. Primary vi- billing. Yeah. And you can, like, yeah, you can see it coming. You can tell that they're like, okay, we're doing this next year. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, she's she's a good, like, addition to the... Because the thing is that that's... For each season, they've always had sort of... It's the it's the core four, and then someone outside of it. Mm-hmm. Whether that be Luke for the first season, or then... Um, uh, I guess kind of uh, Ryan's girlfriend slash adopted aunt. <laughs> I was going to say um, Summer's boyfriend. I Zach. Guess, well, I guess actually the big thing about... Oh, no, Zach would have because he kept coming back. The thing with, about two is that that was the one where each person was dating another person. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So there, it was like, just very confusing. Yeah. Uh, Marissa was dating that 35-year-old man. <laughs> oh, yeah. DJ. DJ. That dad. Who's definitely a dad. <laughs> much as they tried to tell us otherwise like, oh no no he's a teen boy who goes to a different school yeah ryan was dating that girl who was very uh mean to him for a while that's right yep um who turned out Lindsay. Lindsay, we were talking yeah, his about. aunt yeah, yeah. uh but the, when, when we first introduced her she was weirdly mean to him because she came up in also in a rough car Oh, that's right. And she was like, you don't know what it's like to be poor, which is an ongoing storyline for Ryan. I do like Ryan's ongoing storyline. They keep giving him the storyline of people don't know who Ryan is. And they're always like, ah, you... You're rich kid. And then he does not look like any... He doesn't dress like the other rich kids. They're always like, ah, I guess this rich kid listened to a lot of Eminem. (laughs) He just wants to wear that wife beater tank top all the time. Yeah, I guess that's who he is. I am so glad we stopped calling them wife beaters as well. Yeah, it's not a great name. It's not. (laughs) No, just tank tops. They're just tank tops. And, And the thing is, it's not a name of like, you know, celebrating people who beat their wife. It was just like, yeah, that is, that is the... That is the clothing worn by a, a wife beater. So we're just going to call it that. Even if you don't do that, you are wearing one. And it's like, cool, that's what I want to represent myself with. Yeah, that is the name <laughs> That is the name of the shirt you want to wear is. The mid-2000s were a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wear yeah. wife beaters and Jinko jeans. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back into the mid-2000s. Jenko jeans were definitely 90s. Yes, also. they were. Um, flare jeans. Low-waisted <laughs> flare jeans. Yeah. You get a lot of... Um, Taylor Jones is definitely wearing flare jeans in this one. And summer. Yeah. All these skinny teenage legs and very flare jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to know what thighs look like, but you want the mystery of the calves. Well, let's get into it, because this is the OC Season 3, Episode 21, The Dawn Patrol. The Dawn. 
Now, I don't want to start every single one of our episodes talking about the title of the episode. Fair. But I do want to do it for this one, because I don't get it. Well, Dawn is the name of Ryan's mother. Yes. And he is on patrol, <laughs> like the cop that he is. Nope, nope, there's no patrolling involved in this at all. <laughs> I don't... Marissa's on patrol. Well, yeah, but it's called the Dawn Patrol. Like, they're trying to find Dawn or, like... it. it the Dawn Patrol sounds like a pretty cool, um, like, mid-tens, uh, which is now what we have to call this decade. Cool. Mid-tens mid, mid, mid vampire comic book. Like, oh, it's mm. the Dawn Patrol. Mid-teens, we could say that. No, because then we... Th- sounds like we're talking about teenagers. I'm sorry, I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't... Uh, I don't it know. What it does is. not roll off the tongue. Well, anyway, this is the Dawn Patrol. So we begin uh, with dinner. Seth made the dinner. He grilled swordfish. 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 Fancy. Swordfish. <laughs> they they grilled swordfish at home. This entire scene is has a long setup of just like home life. Home life. These people is are good. at home. They're talking about stuff. They're talking about graduation is coming up, and oh well, they have the tickets for uh, for Sandy and Kirsten. But oh, maybe the Nano would want tickets, and oh, it sucks. They only give two out for each student. And Ryan's like, definitely the Nana can have mine. Yeah, you can have my. I don't. I don't really. You're know. already my parents. <laughs> I don't really know who would <laughs> go for. And I'm wondering, like, so does that logic work that each kid gets two? Well, because most parents most, don't have two kids in the same grade. I guess that's true. Yeah. 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 So that's the way it works out. But, but like, what about divorced parents? No stepmom. Stepmom is not invited. <laughs> no, I guess not. Uh, I imagine they could also buy more tickets. Probably. But, I mean, that is... that. That's not that important That doesn't matter story. at all. Uh, because what is important... Is that Kirsten is like, hey... Maybe y'all could invite your mom. You know where she lives. It's Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah there's... <laughs> this This leads to a thing where... Well, first Ryan's like, oh, I don't know. Uh. Then he leaves. And then we have this weird mini fight between her and Sandy where where Sandy's like, well, I just don't know. Last time... La- I, I went there. She ran away she, out a window, <laughs> she Kirsten. Literally, she literally ran away. And then Kirsten's like, huh, well, I think that maybe he should make his own decision. I'm like... Yeah, I don't think either of you yeah. <laughs> were arguing against that. And Sandy's like, but he's a boy, and I don't want his feelings to be hurt. And, and Kristen's <laughs> like, yeah, because we know adults can't make decisions. <laughs> he should make his own decision after I tell him what's the right decision to make. Thanks, Chris. This is just to show us that, once again, there's tension between Kristen and Sandy. Because did Sandy go too far? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we'll get back to this tension. I don't think... It's like the show doesn't know how to do actual tension between its adults. And so they're like, we'll just leave it vague. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <laughs> they... Not they. Uh, but I mean, they being Kirsten and Ryan. Kirsten goes out to, like... See Ryan, who is standing in the pool house, staring at his future. Staring wistfully out. Uh, and this is honestly a good – this episode is actually written very, very well with a lot of really, really good emotional moments for characters that we can't make funny goofs about because they're just good. No. Ryan explains to Kirsten that if his mom doesn't come to grad, he will probably never see her again. Yeah. And he's not sure. How he feels about that. Because Kirsten's like, oh, 
maybe she's better. And then he goes, maybe she's worse. You know, she's never been better before, Kirsten. Yeah. Uh, it seems like at some point, without them saying, they have at least somehow mentally, silently decided that he is still going to go to Albuquerque. Yeah, and Kirsten offers to go with him, but he's like, no, Kirsten, I'm a man. I must go alone. <laughs> Kirsten, I always go out of town alone. He, he's gone out of town alone. I mean, not always alone, but he has gone out of town so much this season. And always with secondary characters. <laughs> And again, in this one, he'll find a secondary character out of there. He's never alone. No, but he goes. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kirsten, I'd love for you to go along, but I think I should go by myself and meet a totally new person who definitely won't come back to this series ever again. But she'll be cute when I see her. All right, well, let's check in with someone else. Let's check in with Marissa. Who gets out of the shower and like a big old creepo, big old creep, Voychuk is in her house. Now, Aaron, going back to what I asked uh, last episode when I asked uh, how did Seth get in, how did Voychuk get in? Voychuk explains how he got in. He learned how to speak Mexican in Mexico, and so he asked the housekeeper to let him in. And uh, Marissa says, the housekeeper is Vietnamese. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so what he did is he said nonsense to the housekeeper, and the housekeeper was like, I don't care. <sighs> Rich kids. Ah, uh, yes, rich kids. Well, he's back uh, from his trip to Baja. And he's handsome and aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julie has also... Julie, I think, was in Summer's room. Because <laughs> <laughs> she walks across from where Summer's room is. Yeah, because apparently Marissa and Summer share a bathroom. Yes, they do. Um, And she walks through the bathroom. <laughs> so she was in Summer's room for... Waiting. Yeah. Uh, but she... Uh, tells off uh Voychuk and Voychuk takes off into the night and Marissa goes god mom you don't get it and Julie's like no I do he's hot and has great abs however he's also incredibly bad and then Julie in all these years has not realized how to deal with Marissa goes says the exact words I forbid it which we all know. Marissa didn't want to hang out with him that much anyway. Yeah, can we mention that when he first came in, Marissa was kind of like, oh, hey, Voychuk. Uh, oh, it's yeah. you. I'm over it. Hey, what's up? And then Julie comes in and finally was like, don't you know, Mom? I'm in love with him. <laughs> Can't you see by the obvious... <laughs> Way I push him away in the, revulsion? The obvious chemistry we had just a moment ago. Like, <laughs> never before have I, as I seen someone go so hard from eh to you don't understand, Mom. No one understands me, Mom. It's like Julie has not realized. I think she said that. You know, she we, said it about Ryan for sure. Well, I'm trying to remember if she... I think at one point, either her or um, Jimmy Cooper had a moment where they where they said to the other person, you know, the more we forbid it, the more she's just going to do it. Oh, that was definitely Jimmy Cooper. That, during one of his lucid moments. Yes, before he ran away from being a dad. All right, well, Ryan... Uh, has a great mom, and yeah. that mom is Kirsten. She packed him the biggest sandwich. Yeah. Because I assume that entire sack is just sandwich. It's 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 one like <laughs> eight like eight by six and then two inches deep sandwich. So she packed him a sandwich. She ordered it's mostly bread. <laughs> but Ryan loves bread. Packed, uh, packed you a bread sandwich. She also ordered him a car service that he can use to just take himself around Albuquerque. And he's yeah. like, no, I'll take cabs. I, th I think this is just also a great way for the show to be like, yeah, that's how he gets around. That's how he gets to places. Yeah. yeah. Now we know. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. 
Ryan is nervous, but he knows that he has a great mom waiting for him at home. He also knows. He also knows the diner she works at because I guess the birthday card that she sent him on his mentioned birthday it. mentioned the diner, which I thought she didn't have a job at that time. That's why I got a little confused by that. It's a bit of a hand but, wave. Yeah, but I mean, like, hey, you know what? You're, it's fine. Yeah, you, you're you're doing better than other things I have seen. You are allowed the occasional hand wave to get plots across. And I appreciate that you tried. You tried. To explain it. <laughs> you did just have him just, like, arrive the town and be like, now, time for me to wander about asking, hey, hello, have you seen a blonde woman named Dawn in Albuquerque? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what, it seems like would probably work because we'll talk about his storyline. At the school. Summer is sad in the student lounge. Yep. And Seth watches Summer. Well, Taylor watches Seth. <laughs> yep. Is <laughs> a whole chain of people watching each other from afar. And then Taylor... Taylor outright just abandons those two people she was talking to. Like, in, mid, in mid-conversation, she's like, well, yeah, no, I went out and... What? And then oh, just my God. Walks they're away. sad. Then walks away. And then those two extras are like... Okay. <laughs> Did, we, we got paid extra for doing that, right? I guess we're done now. So Taylor has chosen her side in this war, and her side is Summer. <laughs> yep. Uh, so she, because, you know, she's good friends with Summer, she goes to see, hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, are you okay? I think things are going to work out. Uh, but you see Summer uh, does like, not. Does not. She's like, no, I don't understand why he would do this. This makes no sense. He's hiding something. It, it, it's Seth. It's a reasonable, reasonable reaction. <laughs> Very empathic, uh, Summer. Some, something I did really like in this scene, though, is Summer refers to Seth hopping up on the coffee cart and yeah. proclaiming his love. And Taylor goes, oh, that was so sweet. And then Summer kind of looks at her and Taylor goes, oh, I was there. You didn't see me. But I liked it. <laughs> I've been in this school for, I, I got a lot of them to cut back as she's just in the. <laughs> in the scene, just like looking up. Yeah, what we need is more shots of where Taylor was during. <laughs> the first two, two seasons. seasons. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's check in with our final storyline for this episode. And that is Sandy. Who is going to meet with Matt because Matt has a proposal for him. Remember Matt's proposal? Well, it turns out Matt's proposal is that he's going to blackmail Griffin. And he would like Sandy to deliver the news. I guess <laughs> that's the idea. Because he's like, I'm not blackmailing you. I don't have anything on you. But I have things on Griffin, so I'm going to do this to Griffin. So you should let him know. I don't know why I'm talking to you about this, but I guess so you're in the storyline as well. Also, did you notice his black eyes have disappeared since... Friday? I mean, I guess, yeah, because he just went to Baja. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's healing up pretty well. Maybe they maybe also wearing makeup. have a magic hospital. I think maybe just wearing makeup. Mm, probably. Yeah. Something very important happens in the next scene, Kevin. Yeah? We get to see more of Voychuk's apartment. <laughs> we will never see so much of this apartment. He full-on lives in a warehouse. Yeah. He's mo- just squatting in a warehouse. Yeah, he... We see more, and yet I understand it less. Like, there's just doors in random places. I don't know where the outside of this place is, because... Because Marissa arrives, and he, like, slides, like, a barn door-style yeah, open. I mean, and the thing is, that, like, that's different from the door he went into in, like, earlier. Yeah. Like, th- there's just doors appearing in this place. <laughs> is Floyd Chuck a wizard? <laughs> I I mean, if, this is, if he's a wizard, his wizard tower sucks. <laughs> Well, he's a shitty wizard. So, so she goes to see him and sort of mentions the whole like, you're like you know, 
oh, well, your mom doesn't like me because I'm a bad boy. And she's like, but I like you. Let me skip school and have sex with you, please. <laughs> yeah, do you remember how I was very cold to you when you arrived on a NAS in my house? Well, it turns out my mom doesn't like you. And because I am quintessential rebellious teenager, I do now like you and definitely don't think... You're, you're the skeeziest <laughs> human being in existence. And there's how many times are they going to have her say something and Wojciech turn around and have this moment of like, am I a bad guy? Because it doesn't actually ever seem to affect him. Well, and it seems like they are trying once again to prove to us he's not a bad guy. And this time they're doing it by putting worse guys on the show. Like, I, guess, I guess so. But I'm more thinking when, when you know, he says, oh, I'm a bad guy. Then he turns around and he starts and like lights a cigarette and is like... Yeah, but I, you know, I don't... But, uh, but I like it. I, I like it. And there's a moment there where I think the acting is supposed to be, like, remembering Ryan and be like, hey, maybe you could not be a trash bag. <laughs> uh, and him being like, I remember when that man <laughs> told me to not be a trash bag. But I'm being one. And you know what? I will continue to be a trash bag. Yeah, Marissa. <laughs> Get into my weird curtain in, bed area get into my stage gel bed <laughs> it's sexy over there <laughs> it's sexy because you can tell i'm depressed <laughs> oh. so uh ryan arrives at the diner that he knows where it's, his mom works his mom is not there no but there is a blonde waitress who is, <laughs> I guess, the only one there because she's just like, eh, sit down, whatever. And he, he's also, she's also not working. She's sitting in a booth reading a book. No, she has her uniform on. So I think she is working. She is working. I don't, just, but there's no guess. When did he, I guess he, did he arrive during the day? When is he arriving at this place? It seems that this is like post lunch rush. Also, I guess Ryan just skipped school to go to Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I assume Kristen called, Kristen called him in. Yeah, I mean, he already got into Berkeley. She was like, look, Ryan's going to Berkeley. He's going on a soul-searching trip to find <laughs> his mother it's, in New Mexico. It feels like there is a great flaw in the idea of we will let all these kids know they got into college a few months before. Well, and Like, you, you, you think they would at least be conditional acceptances yeah. instead? Because it seems like no one... Because Marissa says the same thing. I already got into Berkeley. <laughs> like, and you're like, ah. Oh. So, which means at this point, I can do cocaine, and like, they can't say no. I'm in Berkeley. I'm like, I think they can. Yeah. Whereas I know for a fact, like, one of my coworkers' sons just applied for UFC. Yeah. He did not get in on the first round because they want to see his end of grade first semester yeah. of grade twelve transcript. Yeah, which may, makes sense. It seems weird to be like, yeah, we don't even know how you're gonna like. We finish. don't even care. We don't even know how you're gonna finish off this. Uh, and maybe that works with you know these fancy schools where they kind of bring it, let, let you in on forms of Who nepotism you are. and. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Ryan talks to this blonde waitress who effectively surmises that he's Ryan. <laughs> well, because he's like, I'm a friend. And she's like, eat. She doesn't have friends. She doesn't have friends who come in in like town cars. Yeah, but she does have a son who has rich, different parents. <laughs> it seems like this woman, who we will come to know, her name is Chloe, is Dawn's new best friend. And Chloe is twenty-two. Maybe. <laughs> She, we'll talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> so she surmises Ryan, and she is very clearly into him a whole lot. She met her co-worker's son <laughs> and, was, and like, was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is a handsome, soulful 
man. <laughs> With very rich adopted parents. Yeah. Like, I kind of expected it to go poorly. This is kind of a spoiler alert. It doesn't go poorly. It At just... all. It just is. All right. Uh, let's head back to see what Seth and Summer are up to. Uh I would like to start out by saying that, remember how when Seth was looking at her forlornly across the room? They have classes together. <laughs> he didn't need to stalk her. They, they really made it seem like these two are just ships passing in the night, just looking at each other from afar. They sit across from each other, because it's high school, of yeah. course that's how it works. It turns out they were just ships crossing in the morning, and now in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah, they're so, stuck together. So, th- that's the thing that, like... You know in these high school shows, like these people, two people break up. They see each other every single day, not just at the lockers as they pass by, but they are taking classes together. Of course they are. But to show us it? (laughs) (laughs) And they show it to us in the most insane way. Where Summer gets herself and Seth detention. (laughs) Summer's plan is to pretend that Seth did some wildly complex impression of the um, of the math teacher, and he falls for it. This is the same energy as Summer standing up and going, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. <laughs> and then everyone just being like, yeah, you know what? You sure. sure did. Not one student went, Summer, what are you talking about? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> what? He's just sitting here. No, no one made any sound at all. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean, Summer? You're... <laughs> no one was paid to talk, Kevin. <laughs> They're all sitting there. Their heads would be like, well, we know the truth, but unfortunately, we're not paid to talk. And if we make sounds, that could but, be talking. But Summer being just like laughing and being like, no, Seth did this crazy impression of you, makes the teacher go, ah, well, now you both have weekend detention. Like, it's such a harsh... And then he sends them out of the classroom to go see Dr. Kim, that snitch, right away. <laughs> go tell Dr. No, I mean, that's not a, that's not like a school requirement. That's Dr. Kim's like, yeah, by the way, if anything like real gossip heavy comes in, you send him to me so I can get the hot tea. I need to know right away. I know, I need to know immediately so I can figure out if, I, if I'm sharing it on Twitter. These kids going to get subtweets. <laughs> It turns out that Summer's plan was to get them weekend detention, but mostly was so that she could talk to Seth on their way to Dr. Kim's <laughs> office. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if she expected the rest of it to happen. Uh, but she's like, oh man, <laughs> I over succeeded. And then she's like, Well, Seth, here's my plan. I broke up with you, and I now rescind my breakup. I no longer break up with you. And I will continue to be unbroken up with you until you tell me what's going on. Which I love. I love yeah. her. And then, and then from this point on, she just treats him like her boyfriend. Which is awesome. As, as me being the one who broke up means that I get to unbreak up. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth does not know how to do any of this. He cannot handle this crazy. So Ryan, uh, now that he has gotten his mother's work schedule, <laughs> returns he, to the diner. Which is now full of people. So many clients. Yeah. And... He And he looks in, and there's his mom, and boy, does she look like a waitress at a diner. And then there's a man who we only see the back of, but he's a motorcycle man. I mean, we, we see his front, but he's got a goatee, he's got long hair. At first, it seems like, oh, he makes a grab for her, but then she's laughing, and they kiss each other, and it's very... And Ryan's like, oh, no. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. It's uh, happening again. And then, and then obviously, Chloe, the blonde waitress, has waited for him. To make sure he returns. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, there we go. And then she she makes it seem like she just steps out of that moment. like, Ryan, are you not going to go in? And Ryan's like, 
uh, need a moment. Well, if you're not going to go in there, why don't we go have sex somewhere? So off they <laughs> I mean, go. She, she says, why don't we go get a drink? And I'm like, you met this guy for grad total two minutes. Everyone knows what's going on here. We see what's up. No no one is surprised by where this will eventually go. But you know what? Go ahead, go ahead and get him, stalker girl. Go find somewhere to talk, Chloe. And then we have this um, this amazing cut where I think because there's usually you'd be watching and there'd be a commercial here. Instead, it's like Chloe being like, hey, Ryan, why don't we go get a drink? Cut to two people making out in a bed behind like an orange light. And I'm like, wow. But d- don't no. forget, it's an orange light. Yeah, it's an orange gel. So it is. So it's Marissa and Voychuk. But for a moment there, I thought we smash cut to them having sex. And I thought this was the next morning. It's not. It's still that day. Because there's a knock at the door and some shouting, and it's Julie Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wojciech thought he was going to get some drugs, but instead he gets Julie Cooper. And he's like, I'll get rid of her. Marissa's like, cool, I'm a hide. I'm a hide in this door I just found. (laughs) They just keep popping up, Wojciech. Mr. Tumnus. Wojciech's like, don't go through that one. I don't know where it goes. No, the 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 the, the, the ice queen is going to steal you. I can't remember the name. Jadis, she's coming. Remember, the lion's also Jesus and who's also God. He will die, but he will come back. It's all a metaphor. If you wear makeup, you don't get to go to heaven. The rest of your family will die and you will be left alone. <laughs> There's some really weird moralizing at the end of this. Don't like boys, I guess, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone off track. I don't know. Anyway, that's me, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> the S is for Voychuk. I don't know how to spell. It's a silent S. It's a silent S. <laughs> so he goes to open the door, and it is Julie. And the reason she get that got there is because the school called to tell her that Marissa didn't go to school that day. I mean, the rest of the time that Marissa didn't go to school, meh. It's... <laughs> Yeah, but but that day especially, they're like, you you know what? Marissa has missed, like, 60 days of school. Maybe we should call her mom. Maybe they actually called you and they're like, Marissa has missed 60 days, including today. (laughs) Maybe when Summer went in to talk to um, the, uh, uh, talk to Kim, Kim, she was like, well, you know, I was just, I was, I was thinking about my my best friend Marissa and, you know, where she is. And and Dr. Kim was like, well, she's in class with you, right? (laughs) And someone's like, no, otherwise no. I would have talked to her. Like, what like, What do you mean? And then she, like, checks her, uh, you know, computer, her old DOS computer <laughs> that has all the attendance. I was like, Marissa has not come into school for six weeks. She call her mom. I'll just say she didn't come in today, though. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let her mom figure it out. <laughs> hello, like, mi- hello, Miss uh, Cooper Nichols uh, Roberts, maybe, eventually. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to call you and tell you that your daughter has not come into school uh, just today. Just today, though. But you should ask her some probing questions about what she's been up to. <laughs> Consider seeing if maybe there's other days that she uh, also didn't go to school, but totally we had her marked. Like, she, we, like oh, man, she's so tricky. She must have come <laughs> for morning attendance and then snuck away. Yeah, we definitely did, <laughs> didn't notice. Uh, anyway, did you hear that Seth and uh, Summer broke up? The nun broke up? Anyway, that's the gossip. <laughs> See ya. <sighs> Dr. Kim leaving the parenting to the parents. 
So, uh, Julie spends a little bit of time just kind of like telling Volchik off, off about being like, like, yeah, she, you know, she gets the bad boys, but she'll always leave them eventually. And you're the last in a long line of experiments. And Voychuk to make it, me mad. And Voychuk seems like honestly hurt by this. And I'm like, Voychuk, there's no way this is the first time a mom has told you off. Voychuk. <laughs> You only started dating her because you told Ryan you were going to steal his girlfriend. <laughs> Boychuk, don't think this is a pure relationship because <laughs> that started off of mutual attraction. No, you were like, hey, you, you, you have interest in my one-time fling. Oh, I'll have sex with your girlfriend. And then you stalked her until she liked you. <laughs> then you stalked her uh, because Johnny died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boychuk. So he yeah, sends her off. Him and Marissa start talking, and then he's like, I'm going to get a beer. Like, he seems like he's in a bad mood. We never get a resolution for why he cares about any of this. He and Marissa don't really talk again in this episode. <laughs> no. No. Don't. Uh, so Ryan and uh, Chloe hang out. We don't. I, when do we first learn her name, actually? I feel like it's she not... She introduced herself when we met her in the diner. Okay, cool. Um, I only got until later. I thought she was going to be a one-off character, and then she <laughs> kept coming back. I'm like, oh, can't keep calling her blonde waitress, I guess. So they're at a bar. She buys Ryan some beer. So I guess she's a grown woman who wants to sleep with an 18-year-old. I mean, unless if she's also underage, that might have... No, no, she she's... She has a fake ID? Oh, she could be 21, and he could be 18. Which he, is fine. He, he is 18, though. We know that. Yes, he is So 18. she could be 21. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Sure. Um, she, however, does decide the best way to seduce him is by having him talk about his mom a lot. And then promise to keep his secrets. And, oh, yeah. And her new boyfriend, Ron. Is nice. She's like, Ron is a nice guy. And to be fair, he does seem very nicer in that moment. Yeah. Like, they, they do sort of do this, like, check out, like, oh, man, this tough biker guy. But then he just grabs at a waitress. But then they're he just clearly her into his lap, and they did a kiss. Yeah, uh, and then Ryan and her go off and have sex in his uh, hotel room. Yep. All right, well, Sandy has a meeting with uh, with Griffin, and this meeting starts by Sandy sadly staring at his model of the hospital. Yeah, I think it's a hospital. It's got a lot of palm trees. It's a, it's a very like. It almost looks like the White House is a very narrow and long building. So Dr. Griffin comes in. He announces that Sandy got approval for something. Yeah, like, the oh, hospital you got approval for the hospital or for that additional thing they were talking about. But Sandy lets him know, hey, there's a blackmail going afoot. Matt's going to do a blackmail. Matt's going to do... Did we explain that? That Matt's, that's Matt's plan was he's going to do a blackmail? I think we did. Well, Matt's going to do a blackmail. and But Sandy's like, you know what? Honestly, I'm just going to let the police figure this yeah. out. You know what? Police will figure it out. I will deal with Matt. He is my problem. Well, he doesn't say he's going to deal with Matt until until Griffin's like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'll talk to Matt and figure it out. At that point, he's like, you know what? Maybe I will involve myself. I'll deal with Matt. Because you beat I, Matt up when you know, deal with him. I know how you deal with Matt. Like, this... His entire storyline in this episode is protect Matt, mm -hmm. which is why he only get he Because at first, he's like, you know, you know what? You two have your whole, like, you know... Parry and repost and you know dueling thing. I won't get the. I'm gonna let the police handle this. If you're doing crime, we'll figure it out. If he's doing crime, we'll figure it out. If no one's doing crime, everyone's happy. Yeah. Um. And then, then you know, there's some va very vague threatening from Griffith. He's like, you know what? No, no. Actually, uh, I take it back. Yeah. I'll I'll make. He says he says that I'll make Matt my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sandy, so uh, sad. Yeah. Uh, we we head back for Ryan and the waitress to end their sex. 
Which this is still that night. <laughs> this is still that night. Uh, and then we get the classic Ryan Cole Seth for an episode recap. Now, we forgot to mention that Chloe saw the grad ticket. So right. now Chloe knows everything. Yes, Chloe knows she knows everything. Um, now the catch up. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, we learned from Ryan that apparently Ron, he, he makes a call here that Ron is a trucker when he's clearly a biker. Yeah, we saw his bike and we also saw his vest. Here's the problem, though. He is a trucker. They refer to it later that he that he's like that he's doing truck stuff. Maybe Ryan got some details from Chloe. I think that's what I'm imagining that it happened there. But the, the, one of the things is that the show showed us a biker. It showed us a motorcycle outside of the diner. Mm-hmm. It shot it, panned from it up to Ryan. And then inside we saw a man with a goatee, long hair, wearing a leather vest. With biker stuff on like, it. That's not what a trucker looks like. That's what a bike. It's like they changed who he was in the script after filming that scene. Or before filming that scene when they're like, uh... We couldn't get our get our trucker. I can get you a, a biker though. Let's just take that guy from Sons of Anarchy set. Just <laughs> borrow one of their extras. Yeah, they're just down the road. Because I mean, trucker's not hard. You put if you want someone to look like a quintessential trucker, you put them in plaid and give them a trucker hat, which were very <laughs> trendy in the mid two thousands. And it has the word trucker in it. And that is a small thing, but I but it threw me off so much. From like he's he's a biker, set <laughs> Ryan. Anyway, Ryan is essentially like, Seth, it's happening again. My mom does good, then she meets some douche, and then bad. And Seth's like, ah, oh, I feel you, man. It's also bad for me. Uh, I'm just not talking to Summer, because the, the, the less I talk to her, the less I have to lie. But now she, now she's decided we're together again. I don't know. And then Ryan's like, I guess we both have to meet our problems head on. <laughs> Seth's like... Yeah, no, I think I'll probably just let mine happen to me. <laughs> Ryan's like, I guess I'm not leaving Albuquerque. Cool. <laughs> I guess I'm staying for another day. So the next day, Ryan goes to the diner. Dawn sees him. She is thrilled. No woman has ever been more thrilled to see Ryan. <laughs> I think that is distinctly not true. I think every woman's pretty thrilled to see Ryan. Chloe, who's never saw Ryan before, was thrilled to see Ryan. That's true. I think the only time someone was not thrilled to see Ryan. No, you know what? In the first episode, Marissa was thrilled to see Ryan out standing outside. You know who was never thrilled to see Ryan for a long time? Julie Cooper Nichols. That's true. Julie was not thrilled to see Ryan. When she was just Julie Cooper. Yes. So Seth, uh, I guess, I guess he does actually take some form of a, of a doing something, but his way of doing something is going up to Summer, and he informs her that since they're back together, that means he can break up with her. <laughs> it means he has the power to unbreak up, and he's not going to unbreak up. Now he's no. going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's the entire scene. You know what? He dealt with it in a summer way, so good on him. <laughs> so, uh. Ryan uh, spent some time talking to his mom, Dawn, and we learned that Chloe... Who knows everything. <laughs> snitched on him. She I mean, is. no, Dr. Kim snitches. Chloe just decided to tell... She could see Ryan's uncertainty, and she was like, I'm gonna push this envelope. Yes, apparently she called Dawn to tell her that he was there, and then she also told him about the whole graduation thing. Dawn is so excited to go to the graduation. She is so thrilled about her son. So Ryan is just kind of, like, sitting there, and then he's like, I'll come back when you're less busy. Then he, like, sadly stares yeah, Seth, at her from outside the diner. Seth flops on a bed. Ryan leaves, and then, like, I don't know what the motivation for this is. Ryan leaves, and then he catches the door, and 
it's like meaningful. I, then he looks at his mom through the window, and I'm, I don't get like the significance. It feels meaningful, but I don't know what the meaning is. I think Ryan thought he would feel certain things when he saw his mom. Yeah, and he's not feeling them. I'm just at the moment when he when he goes in, like he like catches the door so it doesn't slam or something. I don't know what that is. He's had too many slammed doors in his life. <laughs> yeah, okay, this sure that works. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn this week? Well, I looked up living in warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the legality and logistics of living in a warehouse. This is amazing. So so let me begin with this. The first thing I looked up was the legality, even though I doubt Volchuk cares. The legality is kind of actually more fluid than it seems a lot of places don't outright say it's illegal to live in commercial property because okay. it's kind of hard to prove somewhat so like we do all these law things and they're like i mean check your local things and a lot of the time it's landlords have like things saying no one can you can't live here right it's more of it's in the contract versus an outright law law of like hey you cannot live in co- things that are not zoned for residential oh. a lot of the times when you look that stuff up they actually say living in a warehouse is just more dangerous because you're living in a place in a that's warehouse. not yeah it's not zoned like you know it's not set up the way that houses are for safety. It has a lot of, like, exposed things because usually they're just warehouses. I bet none of his windows open. Oh, 100%. No. I think some of them are broken, though, so that works. That's true. And he is a wizard, so he can just create doorways to anywhere. I do not like that way we're going with him, but I will <laughs> follow along. He's a wizard specifically of doors. <laughs> Only doors. Doors. Swinging doors. That's how we got into the house. He's yeah, made a door. It is. It is. <laughs> he made a door. It's a bad superpower for a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> to the ability to make doors. Um, then I stumbled upon an article written by someone, and what they called it was unconventional living. Oh. Ooh. Um, and he had tips for unconventional living. Because he, he, <laughs> his was sort of on the idea of being like, well, you're an artist, so you have like a live-in space that's like a, like a live-in art studio, studio essentially okay. and like you know yeah i mean volchuk's not an artist he is he's a wizard of doors and he's friends with the possum but he's not an artist he is a surfer he likes cocaine yep. uh he actually might i don't i can't so tell he might be an artist i can't tell if he d- just does drugs or if he also deals drugs it's very unclear honestly he does seem to always have money yeah somehow somehow anyway so it says, like, hey, ways you can find warehouse, like, <laughs> warehouses, things like that. <laughs> they, they said, look up on Craigslist. Just look, okay. look up things like warehouses or, like, don't, don't, like, don't search up living spaces. Search up commercial and industrial properties. All right. Um, and then when he was looking at, like, man, the, the, uh, the cost, essentially, of, like, the space, um, he said that he found a place. How big was it? Um, he managed to rent over one fifteen hundred square feet, plus a huge gated yard for uh fourteen hundred a month. When he split with a friend, cheap. <laughs> I mean, but not a house. <laughs> no, like the the thing is that I think they they made it. They showed that their like is like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a lot of money, so he lives in a warehouse. I think a warehouse probably is more expensive than him just getting like a crappy apartment where the apartment because 
that place is, does does not give water or anything like that. Like he, yeah. Where does he shower? <laughs> like it feels like it's just more. I don't think he showers. Um, <laughs> I think he showers in the ocean. <laughs> the sea cleanses him. <laughs> the salty sea. Um, I think it's actually probably more expensive for him to live in that junk because he lives alone. Let's be clear; he does not have roommates. No, he certainly does not. No, he lives in one small part of that in that complex. Uh, the best part, sorry, the, the part that I wanted to get to with this is that when uh, there's one part in this article where this person asks what to tell the owner, which is, so, you found an ideal spot, but you don't know how to tell the landlord you want to live there, which is an <laughs> insane thing to write in an article. You found a place to live, but you no one can know. You don't know how to tell someone you want to live there. <laughs> It has, that has a very simple energy. Like, so you found the woman of your dreams. You just don't tell. You just don't know how to tell her that you like her. Like, <laughs> no, there's a thing in between yeah, there you should figure great. out first. He, do you know his advice? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> just rent it? Artists keep strange hours. Let them know you'll be coming and going at odd hours. <laughs> in my experience, they often expect you to end up living there. But it's in their best interest to not know. Okay. Um... In extreme situations, keep an alternative address if you really need to sell the story. Of course, I'm not a lawyer, and this is, is an all-sound advice. <laughs> anyway, so that is uh, what I did when I looked up some a little bit about living in a warehouse. I'm so glad I know that. Speaking of the warehouse, Marissa wakes up, and there is a party happening all around her. Immediately, she wakes up to a party beginning. Remember last night when Volchuk was like, I'm going to go out for beer. He stayed out for 12 hours and found a party, <laughs> a party and said, hey, guys, it's 1030 in the morning. You want to get crunk? Now, he did mention when um, Julie Cooper yeah, he came over to yell. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm having people over tomorrow. That's why I need these drugs. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I don't think the idea was that they would arrive at, like, 1030 in the morning to get some real white boy wasted. Unless Marissa slept until 1. Well, no. Okay, so this is, I guess, is sort of – the reason that this starts so early is so Hersef can have concurrently with the other things that are going on throughout this day. True. Like, that's the reason why this party, which is an insane choice to make. And the party just keeps happening. But guess who's at the party, Kevin? Oh, man. It's Heather, the remember, mean girl. Remember Heather? Who hates Marissa, Marissa for no reason. For no reason. And continues to hate Marissa. And helped Wojcik kidnap Marissa? Yeah. Yeah. She or was... Ryan or whatever happened in that episode. Oh, man, I don't remember Marissa what. Marissa traded her watch for Ryan's non-punching. <laughs> I don't know. She she came in and instantly reminded us that she is mean. To Marissa. And I guess other people, too, maybe. Uh, we, we get a little moment here with Don and Chloe uh, standing in the back room and just talking about, like, you know, Don get a dress for, uh, you know, the graduation. Yeah, a new dress and she should treat herself. And Ryan comes in and they're all so excited and Dawn reveals that she wants to take everyone to dinner after the yep. grad. This is also where we learn that Ron is for sure a trucker, which, sure. Because uh, Ron calls her, and he's all excited, and she's all excited, and they're talking about booking flights. And yeah. I like the, <laughs> that Chloe takes this moment to apologize around a ruining surprise. But she's like, oh, I just mentioned about running into you. And I'm like, really? You had, you, you call, you had to have called her right after 
you had left se- his hotel you room. Had, you had sex with him. And you're like, you know who I should call here? My best friend. Slash that dude's mom. <laughs> She'll like it. <laughs> She'll like it. But I can't tell her specifically. She's like, I ran into your son repeatedly. <laughs> True, but gross. <laughs> Uh, let's move away from this, uh, scene that I cannot handle, uh, to something that's a little bit more palatable. Summer is hanging in her room with her new best friend, Taylor Townstead. Because Marissa's off stuck at a party. And she is just ranting away at Taylor, and Taylor's like, look, my friend, he's stuck in an anxiety spiral. He is full of fear, but one thing beats fear, and that's love. Love beats everything. Because you see... Uh, you, you see, Summer, he didn't say he didn't love you when he broke up with you. He didn't say those exact words. And I'm like, man, Taylor reads a lot of romance <laughs> novels. <laughs> but she's also right. She's right in this specific moment. But I like, <laughs> I kind of want Summer to be like, I feel like there's an underlying, <laughs> underlying like subtext to let's break up is. But you know what? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so Taylor calls Seth, who is busy moping on his bed with Sergeant Oates, and she's... Captain. Captain Oates, that's right. How dare you? He's a captain. I have demoted him. Yes. Oops. (sighs) He fought in three wars to become a captain. He lost many horses. He had... Oh, he was a part of that War Horse movie, wasn't he? (laughs) Yeah. He's part of the War Horse movie. He's part of the movie 12 Strong, which also had horses in it. He's also a part of that movie with the other ones with the horses. Yeah. Horses. War. Horses. Horses Wilson's War. The Wars is what I'm thinking of is the other one with the horses. Ah, yes. Yes. I think I said that as well somewhere in there. (laughs) We said war a lot. War a lot. Anyway, she calls him. She's like, Hello. Your detention is in the student lounge. And he's like, what? <laughs> Why are you calling me? And she's like, I'm a student proctor, which means I proctor detention. <laughs> and Seth's like, that seems fake, but okay. <laughs> if there's one thing I can imagine Taylor being is the one who's in charge of people who get detention. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I think I think her entire purpose is to be as unlikable to everybody who she goes to school with as possible. It is a job that she got back when she was dating the dean, Jack Hess. Oh, God. <laughs> And they just never got rid of it. All right. Sandy sits in the arches, I'm going to presume. we. Know, I'm assuming this is the arches. Yeah, I think yeah. we say every single time we don't know what it's called. I'm assuming it's, it's the arches. It's part of the arches. And he's waiting. But yes. he gets a phone call from Kirsten. And Kirsten's like, Sandy, I literally never see you. <laughs> you come home late. You leave early. What's going on? And Sandy's like, I'm so sad. Yeah. She wants to talk because she feels like they're they're disconnected. So he promises he'll be home by seven. I don't know what's making him stay out. He's not. Here's the thing. He's not. He himself is not doing a lot. He's just staring and being like, sad. <laughs> like I don't know what's making him come home late. He's not. He's not working way too hard. Doesn't have time with his family. He just stares sadly out window, just being like. Life is complex. I think he's worried if he's around Kirsten, he'll spill all the beans. No, uh, maybe. And right now, he needs to keep those beans. Well, he asked him what he needs to share some beans with, and that's Matt. Matt Ramsey. And he's like, hey, Matt Ramsey, 
No more blackmail. <laughs> Griffin isn't interested. And then Matt's like, funny, because Griffin called me and told me that he was interested. And Sandy's like, what? You have to be you have to realize, Matt, right now, that this is clearly a trap. You're very bad at crime. And he, Dr. Griffin, for all his things, is better at crime. He is definitely going to beat you up again, Matt. <laughs> Matt, this is clearly going to end with you getting beaten up again. And Matt's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm from Chicago. I'm going to get so much money. I'm going to buy a house on a beach. And then I'm going to start my own firm in Chicago. (laughs) And Sandy's like, listen to yourself. (laughs) Okay. All right, you dumb dumber. At least go talk to your stripper friend so she can talk some sense into you. Because you won't listen to me. All right, let's head back to that party. Heather is drunk and dancing. She's like sun-dogging in the corner. Just like, she's not dancing to the tune of the music. And she's got a bunch of guys standing around her as she like slowly sways drunkenly. They're going, yeah, get it, Heather. Now, these guys look like guys I remember from 2007. I think I worked with a guy who has that exact like... Shoulder length, dyed black, yeah. straight hair. And I will say, like, like in this point, it's we're clearly supposed to be like, yeah, these guys are creepy. But they're weird, like, they're ur- like ur- urging her on while she's not doing anything at all has, I keep saying this a lot, has a very similar energy to, like, a mom at a dance recital for a six-year-old being like, yeah, <laughs> you, do, you do whatever you're doing there. Do your dancing. Yeah, because Heather's not doing a whole lot. But these guys are clearly giving her some very bad eyes. Now, Marissa hates this party, which Marissa hates a lot of things that she should like. But Marissa <laughs> hating this party, that makes sense. I don't know what makes – I guess what makes her hate this party is the – People? Because she actually has always been seen as, like, she doesn't mind. Yeah, she likes parties. Likes parties. So I guess I guess because this party mostly is people talking around and Heather getting drunk way too fast. And By then, herself. And then standing in a corner, slowly swaying side to side while a bunch of creeps look at her and go, yeah, Heather. She also keeps unzipping her hoodie, but I think she's wearing a bathing suit She's wearing a bathing suit underneath, suit underneath so. it, yeah. Um Then, while Marissa is busy hating the party and just, like, casting dirty looks all over the place, she watches one guy pour a roofie into a beer and then force Heather to drink it quickly. And she's like, oh. And and Marissa doesn't do a whole lot of that information right now. She's figuring it out. She's she's figuring it out. She she does have this moment where like I think it looks at her being like, gasp, these people are good people. Now, to be fair, she has had at least one beer, so that, yeah. I guess that impairs some of her cognitive functions. Yeah. Man, it is like 1.30 in the afternoon. As Marissa stares at her and is like, why? Why is this party <laughs> happening? And we know it's 1.30 in the afternoon because Seth arrives at, at detention. School, at detention for, for the student lounge, which is in a recreation of the kissing booth episode. Ooh, Ooh. there's balloons everywhere and little fake chocolate kisses. Taylor did all of this. Summer has no idea this is happening. So Summer steps out and she declares her love. She stands on the coffee cart and proclaims her love for Seth, but then she says something very unfortunate. She says, Seth, tell me, tell me you don't love me anymore. If you can genuinely tell me that, then I guess we're done. Well, what she says is, tell me you don't love me. If you say you don't love me, I will go to Brown alone (laughs) and forget about you. And Seth's like, 
That's what that's what I want. <laughs> like she legitimately tells him the exact thing he wants and how to get it. And he goes, "Okay, I don't love you." And Summer's like, "Oh, <gasps> oh, I didn't think it would, it would turn out this way." And so she gets down. She goes to detention, or she is sad. Yeah. Taylor tries to be like, "I'm so sorry." But then, unfortunately, they both have to go to detention. <laughs> they just have to sit there in that room, which is being run by that math teacher. He really gave himself some extra work. And they're the only people who have weekend detention. <laughs> Do you think that he went to like Doctor Doctor Kim and was like, "All right, so you got those kids for weekend detention. You're gonna look at them," and she's like, "No, you are." Because you went way over the top. <laughs> you went rogue. You went rogue, Mr. <laughs> Wittershins. I did not tell you to do this. They told me what happened. Someone was clearly making it up. <laughs> I had talked. Do what I did. I talked to one other student in that, in that closet when they're like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. So now you're being punished for not getting to the bottom of it, sir. <laughs> Summer came in. She told me she saw Seth with the devil. <laughs> And I explained to her, what? And she said, like in the Crucible. And I said, you did not read that in school. <laughs> that was not required reading. Why are you reading the Crucible? And she said that she was working on an extra credit project. And I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. They all got into college. Why are any of them working anymore? Why are they coming to school? <laughs> they, all, they should all just go home. They're already in college. We don't want to do any work, sir. So you are doing weekend detention. So uh, we get a little bit of Julie just, like, hanging out in Marissa's room, I guess. She's just sad. Marissa's room is empty. She sees the Berkeley sweatshirt. And so she decides to call Marissa. But Marissa ignores her phone call because she's decided to take action. She didn't like the roofing, but now she really doesn't like that these boys are taking Heather out of the party. Well, before the moment, she was like, well, maybe they're just roofing her for fun. And now she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, they're roofing her for bad things. So she tries first to just be like, Heather, pay attention to me. Oh, yeah. She, as it goes by, she's like, Heather completely out of it. It's totally. And there's like three guys. Yeah, she's like clearly and, unconscious. Mercy goes, Heather. <laughs> like somehow that'll. And then that doesn't work. And Marissa's like, oh. oh, my God. I might have to actually do something. Now I have to be the OC. There is no OC for me to call. So she goes somewhere out some door to some place. And there is a van. And two guys standing guard. This, this is the van she was kidnapped in. And she says, hey, my coat's in that van. And he's like, it's not cold outside. And she's like, it's my coat. Anyway, so mostly she just like shoves him aside, forces her way in, and, you know, saves Heather from getting raped. More than once. More than once. Like, it has already happened once. Yeah, yeah. So she, the, the, the guy's... Are jerks, and I, I mean, jerk, jerk is the way I've explained it because we cannot curse on this show, but. These guys are very bad. We have had bad men on the show, Dean Jack Hess. Yeah. But these ones are very bad. Are outwardly the worst people we've seen on, the worst villains we've seen on this show. They're worse than Voychuk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're much worse. Voychuk, who mostly, who in, in his entire purpose in this party was essentially to be like, Heather's having fun, and away I go. <laughs> Pay attention to Heather. Hey, hey, Marissa, look at Heather, and keep looking at Heather. Anyway, goodbye. Is he a wizard? Dawn has bought her dress, and she's showing it to Ryan. And Ryan is busy packing because he's leaving early. So, And he tries to, like, 
softly be like, ah, well, you know, me and Seth, we were talking. We think maybe we just blow off graduation. We're not even going to grad. Maybe you can come visit me in July. I mean, graduate. It's just a ceremony. Like, really, what does it matter? And Dawn is like, no, I get this. (laughs) I see what you're doing here. Don't lie to me. And then Chloe, after Dawn runs out, Chloe hangs around for a while to be like, well... Time for me to interject myself into this drama, as I have been for the past 48 hours. Ryan, I hear you don't like Ronnie. (laughs) And Ryan's like, yes, let me explain the pattern again. I have explained it so many times this episode. You see, she meets someone, they seem nice, then it gets bad, and then she leaves. And and then she's like, has she ever met someone in rehab before? (laughs) And Ryan's like... He's been in rehab for, I think he's like, he's been in rehab for 12 years. Yeah, he hasn't drank in 12 he's, years. He hasn't, he hasn't drank in 12 years. Um, I think that, I think the implication there is also that he, he wasn't at rehab for rehab. He, he was, was like a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Well, or like he was like, like a success story yeah, almost. Something. Um, he like fixes car, <laughs> I I don't know what she said, but in my head what's coming out is she, is he fixes cars for orphan children. <laughs> like, Essentially. Like that is the level of what she says he does. Does. <laughs> and Ryan's like, He's, he fixed- I, 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 I didn't know that. <laughs> he, 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 he finds carburetors for orphan children's cars so that they can go and drive their sick mums to the hospital for leukemia treatments. All of them. Every one of them have leukemia mothers. And he does it for free. He does it. He, he in fact gives them money. He pays them so he can do it. He doesn't need money, Ryan. <laughs> You don't understand. Ron is a pure being who just loves leather jackets and leather wrist straps, just like you. He also pays all the rent on the apartment. I think that's it, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool, cool. <laughs> you understand that I got out of juvie and Sandy drove me home and my mom had packed up and moved away in the middle of the night. Well, this is the level of security I have with her, so you could forgive me for overreacting. Yeah. Well, Chloe's like, well, I guess I'll I'll drive you to the uh, to the hotel or the airport, but there's something I need to show you first. And clearly, it's Ronnie fixing cars for orphan children <laughs> who have leukemia moms. Yeah, they'll do that first, and then they'll do the other thing. Uh, so Kirsten takes a moment to try to get hold of Sandy, and he does not answer. Not because he's a jerk, because he's. In a parking lot that has no cell reception. There's no cell reception. And she has this moment where she looks fuming. This is like, my God, how t- something truly he's doing something terrible. There's no saying he just followed Matt because Matt's clearly going to get beaten up. <laughs> and Sandy needs to be there to rescue him. <laughs> so, he, so he follows Matt and sneaks up like as Matt's having his meeting with Griffin and... Griffin, oh, well, looks like he has money. Not a lot of money, but it looks like he has some money in yeah. his hand. Ooh. But he also has a large man, and the large man's going to go look in Matt's back seat for the file. Well, he's not going to, actually. Um, he, he At that point, he was about to start beating him up. I think I think he was going to go get the files so that they have them, and then Griffin was not going to give the money. He was just going to give a beat down. I was going to say that, like, I'm uh, mad being like, oh, I know what I'm doing. You went there with the files? Yeah. Alone? I Look, I don't do a whole lot of blackmail stuff, but even I know what you do is that you send it. We've seen blackmail before. You do it electronically. Yeah, don't. 
bring <laughs> you don't bring it with you because then they'll just take it and the money and beat the crap out of you. And you don't bring originals. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep an ace in your hole to keep the continued silence. <laughs> well, I mean, the, th- the thing is that he did just get Griffin's, you know, sex tape. It's true. <laughs> you see, way back in the <laughs> 80s, Griffin made a porn. <laughs> but don't worry, we don't have to watch the Griffin porn, because out comes Sandy, and then he's like, ha-ha. There's no files, there's nothing in the backseat of his car, all he has is hearsay and gossip. There will be no beating up today, sirs. And then Matt's like, well, I thought that... I thought that if I if I said that I had something, a bad person would uh, listen to the blackmail. But everything is the same. Griffin goes, well, all right then. I guess we'll be leaving. So you're still going to make the hospital? <laughs> Sounds good. See ya. He's like, oh, man. I guess maybe we'll just stop at McDonald's on the way home because I didn't have to do anything. Hmm. Then Sandy gives Matt a severance check. Yeah. He a- says it's not enough to buy the house in Cabo or whatever. No, but... but- since he was the one who set Matt on, Matt on this path, maybe he could make up for that. I mean, Matt set Matt on this path. He helped in some way. When he did fire him. Yeah. Um, but then? He, ha- he has the files. So I don't understand why Matt, well, I mean, I guess Matt was just protecting his own butt. Well, no, because Matt f- figured, this is what I love, Matt figured out to play along. Like, <laughs> Sandy was like, there are no files. And Matt was like... Oh, we're doing this then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there are no files. You're right. There are no files. Like, I like that just shows that these two actually do work together so well. They were such good partners. That Matt, Matt, Matt in that moment was like, oh, I see what we're doing here. Because what they're doing is that this way he, he's definitely going to use his evidence against Griffin. But this way it does not track back to Matt. He's like, no, I found this evidence on Griffin. Exactly. It has nothing to do with Matt. And Matt is safe and Matt has money. Yeah, he he, he did all this to protect Matt because he feels responsible for him. Now, I do want to take a quick moment here to go back to the beginning of the scene where, San, where like, Kirsten called him. Because he was supposed to be home at 7, but he's busy stalking. Yeah, so, like... It feels like the idea we're supposed to get here is that, like, my, like, my God. Um, they keep on trying to do the, oh, Sandy. Sandy's being corrupted. You know, he's 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 missing out on uh, being with Kirsten because he's being corrupted. But the moment they show us was him doing something good, g- really, really good and very, very smart and very clever to help someone who is in need and to try to potentially, hopefully, strike back against Griffin at some point. Here's the thing with this storyline. Yeah. Sandy, at no point, has done anything objectively wrong. He's done some things that are borderline, and he's learned from Kirsten's reactions to the things that he's done. Yeah. That he can't and, He can't be honest with her. And we're seeing Sandy, like, at times turn a blind eye to things and make choices between evils but it seems weird to me that they did not have the moment that he missed the the meeting be a moment like it's the implication there he should not have gone to help matt he should have went like he i think what the show is saying is that he needs to let kirsten in yeah i hope i think that's where it's going the thing is that whenever they do like Sandy and Kirsten tension they it's usually just Kirsten being irrational and they don't they well they don't frame it very well because mm-hmm. all the times it was like oh you're staying out late you're getting home early I've never seen where that comes from it always seems like he's actually doing 
his best version of things. And I'm hoping the outcome of this will be is essentially a moment where he realizes that, like, he did not trust Kirsten to understand he was doing his best version of things. And instead, he let her dwell in the idea that he was going to become Caleb. I just hope the show will give Kirsten that because I think the show is leaning towards <laughs> her calling him a Caleb. Yeah. Regardless we, of. Yeah, which he's. And I, and I don't know if the show wants us to, like, a agree with it somehow because we're not seeing that he he made a very smart play to save someone he cared about which Mm -hmm. was matt and you really feel like he was making a choice between her and like i said i don't know what is going on like when kirsten was disappointed because he asked maya to talk to her dad still to this day (laughs) months later i still don't think that was a bad thing for him to do no, it, it's it's weird. And, and then we see Kirsten at home and she like... Almost drinks some wine. <laughs> she pops some wine and then pours it out. And and then Seth comes home and they're both sad and awkward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we figure out what Ryan's going to show, or Chloe's going to show Ryan after they stop to see <laughs> Ron. <laughs> doing things, those Doing those cars. things, I suppose. Uh, I, I assume. Uh, Chloe breaks into her best friend's work locker. I assume they know each other's code. And inside the locker is... Or it's not locked. <laughs> or it's not locked. It's just... Well, that's because it's only full of Ryan memorabilia. It's true. That it's... Kirsten <laughs> sent to Don. Which, which I mean, is... I'm assuming that as Don was receptive to it the first time she did it. Kirsten wasn't just like, you know, I'll just keep sending this stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I understand... I, that kind of makes sense why Kirsten was pushing Ryan to do this. is because she knows she's been sending her... Like, Ryan stuff, and she's been like, yes, keep sending me Ryan stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Rather than Curtis just being like, you know what? I'm just going to send this stuff to her, and maybe... <laughs> just going to rub in that I have her son, and she doesn't. Yeah, it's true. Like, <laughs> taken another way, it could be pretty bad. Uh, so, essentially, Ryan and Don have, like, a pretty good talk where they both talk about, you know, different times they weren't yeah. ready to rekindle their relationship. Yeah. Well, once again, when we talk about, like, this is just a, a pretty well-written episode with emotional stuff, this is a scene of two people accepting each other's flaws and their own and realizing things are difficult. But you know what? It's gonna be okay for now. She's gonna come to the grad yep. and it will be nice. And she's gonna bring Ron. Because he's an angel. Uh... <laughs> Well, do you know who may actually literally be an angel? Chloe. Chloe. Because he goes outside for them to have a final, like, goodbye woman I had sex with spontaneously. And Chloe has done all this. Like, Chloe spilled the beans to mom to kind of force him. Cause he, force he, his hand because he was probably not going to invite probably, her. He was just, probably just going to be like, hey, mom, I thought I'd come and see you. Like... And then she made him go to the locker. So she may be an angel. We've made jokes about people being angels. She may legitimately be an angel set to guide Ryan. She is blonde and we may never see her again. And also get a little bit of tail. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, what a strange character to put it. Like literally <laughs> he arrived and she was like, hey, you looking for your mom? Cool. Let's have sex. And then that was unrelated. <laughs> It's like they wanted to give him a wholesome rebound. And she is the most wholesome of rebounds. (laughs) Like, considering Marissa's rebound is Voychuk, and (laughs) Ryan's rebound was first Sadie. Well, not really a rebound. I mean, this is a rebound from Sadie, This is a rebound from Sadie. And I want to say Sadie was a rebound from Marissa. Um, So, so essentially, Marissa got Voychuk, and he got an angel. (laughs) (laughs) So now, it's time for a final montage with a small amount of dialogue. 
Sandy locks up the files in his safe for so, future. Yeah, so he has some stuff over Griffin if he needs to play play rough. Julie Cooper is so sad because of her daughter, but then her daughter comes home and needs her mom. Because she found out that her bad friends are bad. I kind of wish we saw the fallout with Heather. I assume that Marissa just carried her with her skinny Marissa arms. Even if it was a moment, like, that would have, I feel like that would have been more of a good moment for, character moment for Marissa. If, like, to see, like, even if, if Heather was, like, uh, you know, really mean to her afterwards. I think that would have been stronger if Heather was mean to her because Heather did not really know what happened. But Marissa was like, but that's fine. I mean. I, I did. <laughs> Heather cannot be mean to her for she is surely in the hospital getting her stomach pumped that's true. and being yes. filled with charcoal. That's true. Well, she can still be mean to her. I mean, let's, let's, if there's one thing we know about Heather, she can be mean to Marissa whenever she wants. True. Meanwhile in the montage, Taylor Townstead tries to help Summer because hey. they're best friends. She wants to make her frappuccinos because yeah. sugar helps. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan arrives home uh, to find Seth waiting in his room because Seth has realized he's made a terrible mistake. And he needs a plan. He needs a plan to get Summer back and get into Brown. And also he wants to do some whining and pining. I'm assuming not in that order. <laughs> I he's, assume he's get into Brown, get Summer back. He's going to fake his own death. He's going to hack into the Brown computer system. He's got all the plans. <laughs> it's weird to me that he, he, he at no point did his thought process go, I guess I'll just move to Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could go to the college there like, and can. then transfer. I mean, or he could, I mean, once again, this is the whole thing we talked about last week. He could just take a year off as well and, like, ne- hey, next year, reapply next year. True. But he cannot fathom the idea that he could still be with, be with Summer and just not go to Brown. Because if he moves there, she's not going to not go. Yeah, exactly. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic found itself at a party that it did not care for, only to drink the sweet, sweet roofie of drama? I did. And we actually talked about my moment more than I anticipated we would. Yeah. But it was Ryan having sex with Chloe, (laughs) which did literally nothing for the plot. I think they just wanted a wholesome rebound. He did not, like, she could have done everything she did without him sexing her. (laughs) They could have, yeah, they could have just actually literally went for drinks and then not had sex. Instead, they had this entire weird air of, like, like, whoa. Is Dawn ever going to find that out? And how is she going to feel about that situation? Nope. Chloe's keeping them secrets. I think they both decided, let's just... They had sex, and then the very next thing they said is, maybe we don't tell Dawn? And they're like, yeah, yeah. We don't tell we don't Dawn. We don't tell Dawn. It's like they wanted a good sex to um, balance off the bad sex of Marissa and Foychuk. And also the bad sex of the rape. That's true. Yeah, they wanted to show first the positivity for the negativity. You know what? I accept that then. I like positive portrayals of casual affection. Yeah. May, you know what? Maybe that's the reason they did it. That's a fine reason if that's the reason And they did showing it. lust as a good thing. And that, but that does not change the fact that it was for... Drama. <laughs> for Yeah, for emotional dramatic reasons. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Oh, man. There's a lot in here. I mean, so there's, there's a lot in here, but not a lot of it is actually... CWE? Yeah, like dramatic. That I think maybe it might be the moment where um, Ron first is the grab on her and is kind of like, oh my god, what's he doing? But Ryan doesn't really like react to it. It's like they didn't tell um, 
uh, Ben McKenzie that that's what's happening. Whereas Ryan's face is really more like, oh, man, men. Like, I, I, I thought at least it was going to be like the grandma went around to him and be like, huh, and like do like a jerk. But then stop when he sees like, oh, I actually. Because that would have been a moment where he's like, oh, my God, I got to protect my mom. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. This is different. He is more upset by the fact that she has a boyfriend. Yeah, not that. So, you know, it was a weird mo- moment. It also very clearly was a biker in that scene. <laughs> Death, Ron is definitely a biker. Ron, Ron was definitely originally shot as a biker, and then they decided to make him a trucker. But you know, Kevin, you can be a biker and a trucker. People can contain multitudes. <laughs> He's got a semi-bike. <laughs> One of those big ones. <laughs> the big, uncool ones. It's like the size It's like the size of a semi-truck, but it's a motorcycle, <laughs> and he just hauls like 18-wheelers behind him. Seems like a good business. He should get in on that. <laughs> Well, hey, that's uh, that's the OC for this week. This was a good episode. We don't love where some storylines are going, but maybe they'll go in a good direction that we yeah, we'll see. Are not seeing yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, this I, this show, I'm much more willing to be like, all right, now I'll see where this goes. I can see, I can see your outs. I can see where you're going. I hope they don't just play and en- do another one of those things where Sandy is designated bad guy. And they just decided. Well, especially when he's not actually doing anything bad. That's the problem with the show. They want to make Sandy shades of gray, but they are, like, too afraid to. They're just like, eh, off-white. Like, the most shades of gray they have is that he has definitely turned a blind eye to a lot of Griffin's stuff. But he also... But he does keep yelling at Griffin about it. And he also... He also, like... (laughs) In, in a way, he now has the evidence. And he keeps telling Griffin to resign. <laughs> Every time he meets him, he's like, uh, Griffin came in and he was like, all right, hey, good news. Well, the proposals went very well. And he's like, oh, that's great. You going to resign? <laughs> when are you going to resign, Griffin? Are you going to resign, Griffin? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, that is def- – don't get me wrong. He's no longer pure white. But, like, he's also not gray. No. The the whole thing where, where like, he instantly decided to protect. He, there was not a doubt in his mind to protect Matt. There was no moment where he had to decide, what am I going to do? No, as soon as he found out that Griffin had called Matt, he was like, oh, I'm yep. on ya. Follow him. I, I know I got to see, see my wife, and I will see my wife. But, like, it, it bet if, I bet if he came to her and she was like, Sandy, what happened? He's like, I had to protect Matt. You see, <laughs> let me tell you a tale. You see, Matt wanted to blackmail Griffin, and Griffin was definitely going to beat him up with that one big guy. I kind of wished in that scene Griffin like walked out with a one guy, and Matt was like, like oh this, but there was a bunch of other guys who came out after. I wish it was more obvious that he was going to beat Matt up. I will tell you, I thought it was pretty obvious. I know, I thought it was pretty obvious as well. But, I don't but you know. want more menace? Maybe I don't know. I don't think you. I, but there's I don't only know. one Sandy. That's that's true. Um, but I mean, the the reason that he didn't beat him was not because like he was not afraid of Sandy, but he was afraid of Sandy. <laughs> well, he's like, oh, you guys got nothing anyway. I'm gonna go now. Uh, I love that Matt played along with that so well. Really quick it was very good. Yeah, very very much instantly was like, oh yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was great. It was it was it was a good scene. There's a lot of good writing in the scene. A lot of good emotional things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, between. Seth getting his reason to say that he doesn't love her, which for Seth is a really big thing. It was very hard for him. Yeah, which is why afterwards he's like, I made a terrible mistake. Oh, no. What (laughs) have I done? If I only could have figured this out, like, an hour earlier. (sighs) Only he would just tell someone he didn't get in. (laughs) He's going to have to eventually. Or not. Or he'll perfect score his way in. 
Well, right. we'll find out next week. Yep, yep. So we'll be back next week with another OC. Uh, but hey, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find us. And hit us up on some social meds. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA on Twitter, on Instagram, or you can email us, podcastmoa at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week for more of the OC. How will Seth deal with his two problems? What will Sandy do with his evidence against Dr. Griffin? If love beats fear, what does fear beat? Fear beats school. And school beats love. Yes. Got it. For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>